This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. Billionaire co-founder of Atlassian, Mike Cannon-Brooks, has failed in his second bid to buy AGL, Australia's largest and oldest energy company. A few weeks back, it emerged that Mike Cannon-Brooks's VC firm Grok Ventures had partnered with Canadian asset management firm Brookfield in an attempt to take over AGL and make it private. The consortium was promising to inject up to $20 billion to transition AGL towards renewables and eliminate coal-fired power from the business by 2030. AGL has said that it's aiming to be at net zero by 2040, with the last of its coal-fired power assets to close in 2045. AGL's share price had been hovering at around $7.20 before the initial bid. Grok Ventures and Brookfield offered $7.50 a share. The AGL board quickly knocked that back, suggesting that it wasn't in the best interests of shareholders. The consortium went back to the drawing board and offered a revised bid of $8.25 a share, which the AGL board has again refused. Mike Cannon-Brooks now says that Brookfield and Grok are putting down their pens. To understand the decision to knock back the offer from Mike Cannon-Brooks, it's important to know a bit more about AGL and where they've come from. AGL was established by law in the New South Wales state in 1837, I think, uh, which was pretty much uh, 50 years after settlement by the Europeans. And um, it had a mandate to provide gas lighting. This is Bruce Mountain, the director of the Victoria Energy Policy Centre at Victoria University. It's now 173 years old and um, has managed to survive all the changes in the energy market over that time from establishment of local authorities to nationalisation to the establishment of a statewide electricity corporation to, and over time has extended into electricity and extended into the other states of Australia. And it now has about four and a half million customers, which is about one in three of all the Australian customers. So it's the biggest retailer by far. It's got the biggest portfolio of coal-fired generators in Australia. So it's the single biggest greenhouse gas emitter. Um, It was listed, it was the second company to list on the Sydney Stock Exchange, which became the Aussie um, uh, main place to trade shares and equities and now futures and all sorts of things and it's a conservative company that's tended to over its history give governments what they wanted Um, but it's been slow to embrace reform and change Uh, so it has an image as a dyed-in-the-wool foot-dragon corporation you know agl produces around eight percent of national emissions i mean it that is seems like an enormous amount just for one for one company you know as a percentage of our sort of overall emissions yeah i can't think of other rich economies where emissions are as concentrated in one company and the reason it's so concentrated is agl is such a cons- is such a such a large corporation and has such a dominant foothold in coal-fired electricity generation they made a decision in 2012 to buy Victoria's biggest coal-fired generator and a couple of years later bought the New South Wales biggest coal-fired generators. 
Um, so it's it's a big gas producer in South Australia, coal producer in or coal fire generator in Victoria and coal fire generator in New South Wales. Um, and uh, that dominant position in electricity production has had it having such a dominant position also in, in the energy retail market. Obviously, a lot of the talk around AGL at the moment has been uh, this, you know, potential takeover um, with Mike Cannon-Brooks' firm Grok Ventures and, and Brookfield. And w- what did you think of this when, when you first heard about it, that, that you know, Mike Cannon-Brooks, someone who has, you know, been, has been pushing a lot for, you know, a transition in, you know, energy market, you know, was trying to take on this company with so much, so much history in the, in the energy space locally? Yeah, I called it the prospect of a new dawn. Um, I was terribly excited about the prospect that an entrepreneur who's evidently got equity that he's willing to inject into the company and take big risks with and had lined up one of the world's largest infrastructure investors with a great deal of depth and expertise in raising capital and owning infrastructure type assets. I was greatly, you know, greatly uh, pleased that they had seen fit to put a bid together for this. I thought it would be fantastic for the employees, for the existing shareholders who will have managed to exit from the terrible position that the existing management and board have got them into. Uh, And I thought it would be fantastic for the country that um, uh, here were owners who knew capital markets well, and I guess also had a clear sense of customers as opposed to what I think AGL has a good sense of is governments, where they've seen government as their number one customer. So a massive breath of fresh air that could um, turn around a failing corporation, uh, realign it in the national interest, in the public interest, and um, would bring a breath of fresh air through the regulatory institutions, all of whom I think have been somewhat paralysed by the dominance of big companies like, you know, like them. So um, I was terribly excited. I thought it, it the deal would close quite quickly. And I thought there was a very strong likelihood that, uh, that Cannon Brooks would walk away the owner. In a statement to the share market today, the AGL board said the bid from the Brookfield Consortium was well below the fair value of the company and that shareholders would see more value from the strategy to demerge the business. It's a strategy that Bruce says is just smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I've never thought the demerger, such as it's called, is really credible. Um, If those coal generators don't have contracts, don't have customers, if they're just merchants selling their, their, their power in the spot market and writing futures contracts with others, it's in a much weaker position than if it's got an off-tech contract. So um, the demerger will almost certainly come with a power purchase contract, which will underwrite the electricity to be sold by the retail. Um, so that doesn't sound like a demerger to me at all. They're just taking a bunch of assets and they're selling via a contract. Um, and the retail arm is going to be selling just as much dirty energy. Obviously, Mike Cannon-Brooks, um, you know, and Brookfield, their approach was to, um, you know, specifically force decarbonisation. I mean, this seems... I can't think of any time where we've seen this kind of strategy before to, 
um, to try and buy a company specifically with the goal of decarbonizing it. Yes, now that you say that, I can't think of any. I dare say those more knowledgeable of the capital markets and the equity markets might be able to point to some. I think generally speaking, many companies facing these pressures have got on with it. AGL hasn't. They they have vested interests and they've been dragging their, their, their feet. Uh, so um, I guess Mike Cannon-Brooks is is the white knight riding a green horse who's coming in to act in the public interest as he sees it. Mike Kennenbrooks might be stopping his bid for AGL at the moment, but he has become a leading voice in Australia's energy conversation. Coming up after the break, what kind of impact is Mike Kennenbrooks having on our energy transition? If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. The Brookfield Consortium has lost their bid to buy AGL, and it seems the dream that Mike Cannon-Brooks had to buy Australia's oldest and largest energy company and then decarbonise them by 2030 is all but over. The AGL board are proceeding with a demerger, and in a tweet, Mike Cannon-Brooks said that this path is a terrible outcome for shareholders, taxpayers, customers, Australia and the planet we all share. It's an outcome that Bruce says is quite disappointing. I mean, it strikes me the board is putting its own interests first, not the interests of the shareholders, certainly not the interests of the staff of AGL and certainly not the national interest. So um, it strikes me the board is looking after themselves in this. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't feel at all right to me. But, you know, people will have different points of view on this and equity analysts and shareholders will have different points of view on it. Um, I think AGL's in for a tough time. I think that shareholders and employees must be feeling demoralised now. Um, they've been spinning their wheels and getting nowhere. Um, they've got no reasonable prospect of raising the capital needed to clean their business up. So uh, they're just going to wither on the vine unless they can find a way to to get someone to take them over again. But, you know, perhaps some shareholders consider them credible. Certainly not the institutions, they've all bailed. Certainly not the big investment banks, they've all bailed. So it's left with a diffuse bunch of small investors who... Uh, I think many of them have been selling up, as evidenced by the share price, a fifth of what it was, um, you know, two or three um, years ago. 
So um, where to from here? I don't know. I mean, frankly, if I was owning AGL shares, I'd be quite worried that they could go to nothing. Uh, it's not too long before your equity layer starts to get churned up and with interest rates rising and them needing to fund their operations. It's a cash positive business now, but it faces big closure liabilities. So uh, as I say, I think the board has acted in the interests of its members, not in the interests of its shareholders. Mike Kennenbrooks has long been a leader in the technology sector. However, he rose to prominence in the energy conversation after a Twitter bet back in 2017 with Elon Musk over whether Tesla can install a big battery in South Australia in 100 days. Elon said if Tesla couldn't do it in 100 days, it would be free. Since that time, Mike Cannonbrooks has become quite outspoken with his views on the energy sector. He's a vocal investor in major projects like Sun Cable, which aims to export solar energy from Australia's Northern Territory across to Singapore. He's also invested in companies like SunDrive, which holds a world record for the most efficient solar cell. So what kind of impact is Mike Cannon-Brooks having on our energy transition? Uh, I think Mike Cannon-Brooks is having a lot of impact. I think he gives a number of smart, energetic uh, people hope. Um, He's an outsider in energy circles. He's very interested in it, but he's an outsider. And he brings a disruptor's mindset, kind of a very strong customer focus in his mindset. Um, And he's he's obviously nobody's fool, and he's got a a great deal of conviction. So um, I think it's fantastic that there are charismatic people like that about who go off and do things. He's in that cadre of super rich tech heroes that, um, that, that, that straddle the world doing things. And as long as they're doing positive things and using their often incredible gains to make the world a better place, I'm all for it. Um, I, I can see only upside and, and um, I hope this is not the end. I hope he and his co-investors look for a way to have a second bite of the cherry. I think AGL is irritated just about everyone. I think they've lost all the state governments. They only have friends left in the federal government and uh, will be deciding the, you know, the change of government in the next month or two. So if that changes, they'll have no friends in the corridors of power. So uh, we'll have to see where it all gets to. Also in the news today, Australian telecommunications giant Telstra has announced plans to partner with OneWeb in a non-exclusive partnership to expand Telstra's coverage across the Asia-Pacific region. OneWeb operate a constellation of low-Earth orbit satellites, providing internet access to the commercial sector. The partnership would allow Telstra to take on satellite services offered by the National Broadband Network and SpaceX, which operates Starlink. Many regional Australians have been increasingly frustrated by how expensive and slow the NBN's satellite service is. A lot of regional customers have already started switching to Starlink, which offers much higher speeds and lower latency, along with unlimited downloads. Telstra will be hoping to capitalise on this trend to provide better services to their existing customers in regional Australia and open up new markets both in Australia and in the rest of the Asia-Pacific. 
Apple is set to announce a suite of new products in their March event due to be held this week on Tuesday at 10am Pacific time. This week's event, dubbed Peak Performance, that's peak spelled P-E-E-K, could see Apple announce a new Pro version of the Mac Mini, along with updates to the iPad Air and iPhone SE. While the Mac Mini was one of the first machines to get an Apple Silicon treatment, the high-end Mac Mini has remained on Intel. There has been many rumours suggesting that Apple will update this high-end Mac Mini to include the M1 Pro and M1 Max chips. We'll be covering the Apple event and you can expect to hear more in our episode publishing on Wednesday. And TikTok appears to be getting into the podcast game. In a job posting we spotted this weekend, TikTok are hiring a content podcast operation role for their Australian office. The job requires experience working in content related to podcasts and asks for people who are deeply curious in how people interact with podcasts. TikTok hasn't formally announced a move into the podcast space, but we've reached out to the company for comment and we'll update you if we get a response with clarification on what this means for TikTok going forward. Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. If you love what we're doing with the Defrag, then I encourage you to head across to our website and become a Defrag member. You'll get an ad-free feed, early access to episodes, plus I'll send you a sticker pack. That's all we have today. I'll be back with more tomorrow.